0: Yeah, I mean, for us, it's just really kind of the evolution is the way we see it. It's like over a certain size, an ERP is going to make sense for most brands. Below that, it's probably a little overkill just because they haven't quite uh, haven't grown into it yet.
1: Hey, I'm Blake, and this is the Content Plus Commerce podcast presented by Engine Commerce, The only podcast for people building successful online stores. From agency life to being a lone freelancer, we'll be bringing you weekly content full of best practices and in-the-trenches advice. Hey, this is Blake Perrier with Engine Commerce, uh, back for another episode of Content Plus Commerce. Today, I've got Chad Fisher of B-Town Web with me. How are you, Chad? I'm doing well. Yeah, really? thanks, Good. Blake, for having yeah, me. Thanks for coming on. So talk to me a little about uh, your agency, how you founded it, maybe your background and growth story as well.
0: So B-Town Web was officially founded about seven years ago. If I go way back in my history, I used to work at Pricewaterhouse and management consulting and audit and then left to go figure out what I wanted to do. Um, bought a couple businesses, um, totally unrelated to web development. But as I started to grow those businesses, I realized I needed to understand development, marketing, SEO, all the things to really run a company and, and take advantage of the online side of things. And this was way back in like 2008, 2009. Fast forward a little bit, I, I also started to realize, well, I, I had a lot of uh, tools and just like software I wanted to build. Uh, one of the first things we did was we built a, a writing marketplace content runner where we matched up agencies. And writers, and um, as I started building that, I realized uh, also realized that it's very expensive and a lot of work to try to do on your own. And so I I also saw the rise of Shopify and had some friends that needed help from a development perspective. So we really started to shift gears, um, about six years ago to focus on Shopify. We became Shopify experts. We became Shopify plus partners three years ago. So that's kind of really the the quick and dirty backstory of, uh,
1: B town web. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned like seven years of, of building like e-com sites. That is a lot of trends and kind of a lot of waves to ride for sure.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. We started out, um, by really focusing on WordPress. And so we got to know WooCommerce a little bit, um, did some big commerce, uh, and then kind of played around with Shopify a little bit. And so for us, it was being that jack of all trades um, to try to accommodate where our clients were coming from. But then as the rise of Shopify kind of took off and we started to understand sort of the power of a, of a great SaaS platform, we quickly kind of grew along with Shopify as we became um, a plus partner and just started to focus on that.
1: That's awesome. So now let's get into talking a little more about like building sites themselves um, outside of Shopify. Like what are your, some of your go to tools or plugins or integrations that you see like brands really embracing?
0: I think that um, the way I look at it for us is uh, setting aside like the tool part of the question. It's more of like really what are the questions and issues like the pain points that brands are dealing with. And for us – I mean, where we kind of get this, give a little bit of contextual um, component to the question. When we're engaging with the brand, it's often because they're considering changing platforms. So the way we look at things is there's the actual migration event. So there's moving like the raw data, customers, record, customer order, customer details, orders, uh, product detail, 301 redirects, like getting into really the hardcore um, moving of, of the raw data. And for us, there's certain scripts that we've written. So we kind of custom built some of our own tools there, uh, and then there's you know from a design perspective, there's all the usual like sketch, Photoshop, um, just different tools that we're going to use to build um, the actual site. And then um, you've got Repo- you, you've got um, different servers or from a VBS perspective that we use um, to host different things, like if we're doing a custom app in the, in the Shopify space. So for us, there it's really when I look at it, it's like, what's the problem that the brand wants to solve? And usually, it's the move of the data, it's the design of the new site, and then the third kind of real big bucket is the integration work and sometimes there's custom connect or there's third party connectors that we can we can use um, you know N channels Zapier there's lots of different um, options there sometimes we have to write our own custom connector just depending on uh, if there's anything that's already existed
1: before yeah for sure that's like with Zapier um, that was one of the things we identified at engine pretty early on was like that one to many connection is just so valuable to the client for a, a brand to be able to say, well, I want to integrate with this obscure third party piece of software uh, for the, for the dev team, no matter what platform you're working with, that's just the added bulk of having to integrate with every service is just so tough. And Zapier solves a lot of problems right off the bat.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that is, it's such a huge pain point for, for merchants, because if you think about it, it's like your e uh platform for these smaller entities It's really like their mini ERP, but they're connecting whether it's like Xero or QuickBooks or they're connected to Fulfillment Center or they have a loyalty program or an inventory management software. They have all these different disparate connections. And so um, helping them holistically from from a consulting standpoint to think through like, Hey, is there a third party option for you? Well, that's probably going to be, make the most sense. Or if not, you know, maybe that's something you need to build custom or really then it's Hey, let's evaluate that relationship. If that fulfillment center is not sophisticated enough to have a connector. Well, maybe that is, is, that really the right partner for you when you think about scaling and growing with them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to one thing you hinted on uh, because w- we see this as well. You said that for some of these brands, they see their e platform as their ERP system. Now I'd love to hear your thoughts on like do you think that's wise or do you think there comes a point like in a growing brand's life when they're like oh no I've been treating my e-com platform as my ERP system now I truly need an ERP system what have I done?
0: It's kind of that's a great question. It's kind of like the evolution or the life cycle of a brand. You know, and let's say you're under 5 million in sales the reality is unless you're doing some really specific like manufacturing or you need to do some really from a maybe you need a PIM you need something that's very specific to tracking inventory you can probably get away with using your um, e-com platform as sort of a light ERP um, but the reality is as you grow if you get over 5 million 10 million and you are into a manufacturing component you're going to need to look at the, the alternatives whether it's on the small end like a bright pearl or even moving up to like a, a net suite um, there's a lot of options out there and uh, yeah I mean for us it's just really kind of the evolution is the way we see it it's like over a certain size and ERP is going to make sense for most brands below that it's probably a little
1: overkill just because they haven't quite uh, they haven't grown into it yet right right and then especially with, with NetSuite you get into the question of like what is your NetSuite install like how much like how deep do its fingers go um, right. and reach into your entire like business operations whether it's customer service or email I mean it's just those platforms can do so much it's drawing that fine line of what is my e-com platform after I have my new ERP system installed.
0: Correct. And those ERP systems even try to function as um, an e-com platform in many cases, but we all
1: kind of know that can be a little bit deceiving or tricky. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, the next thing I would love to talk about would be from your perspective, what do you see as some of the the big challenges uh, like in building e-com, like great e-com experiences? I think that, um, back to it, I'm going to take
0: it from a brand centric mm-hmm. point of view, because I, I could talk about what we, ch- what challenges us, but it's not really as interesting when I, when I think about this, um, question. And for me, it's like, what is most challenging, um, from a brand perspective And this, are you thinking of it in terms of like growth or what, maybe elaborate a little bit more? Yeah. You yeah.
1: I would say in terms of like, difficulties in like the actual build outs, like whether oh, okay. it's, yeah, yeah. Whether it's like client relations or Got it. tooling.
0: No, that makes sense. So, I think a lot of it, you know, if you take this sort of like technical component um, and, you, you know, there's always going to be roadblocks, like whether it's, you know, um, a connector is a great example, um, maybe some sort of functionality like a product configurator or something very custom that really pushes the envelope of what our platform are looking at. But I think it's actually really some of the more soft skills and um, things around the project that are often the more typical problem areas that, ri- that arise, like, for example, um, proper project management, not only on um, our side, but on the, the client side, uh, a proper communication, setting a correct expectations, um, making sure there's a clear agreement on scope. Uh, those are the types of things that can get projects in trouble if you haven't kind of set out the rules of engagement and made it clear on both sides. I think that the other things like the technical, the design things, those usually tend to kind of get ironed out as long as you and the client um, from a brand perspective have agreed on those other sort of overarching principles.
1: Yeah, I, you are like you were speaking my exact language for sure, like what we usually see, uh, what we get hung up on would be like asset handovers and like proper right. asset handovers and then scope and understanding like the exact details of the scope that we need to get written down. So there's no misinterpretation two or three months after the fact on when you've had uh, like maybe a different, a change in personnel or a contact at that brand, they're going back through that scope document and, and pouring over it. You want to make sure that you've captured exactly what you're doing.
0: That's right.
1: Yep. No. Totally. Totally agree. Yeah. Now let's we can shift our conversation a little more to the future of e-commerce, and this is something that that I'm passionate about. Like it's the reason why we're building Engine, Um, and we're seeing this huge groundswell like in D2C brands. Subscription commerce is rapidly evolving. What do you think is something that might catch people off guard in the next year and a half?
0: I think that um, I'm going to tweak the question a little bit. Please, please. Uh, In terms terms of the future growth and I'm going to talk about opportunities and, and I'll talk about some pitfalls as well. I think that I think you nailed it. Like in terms of subscriptions is, is a big component of D to C businesses and brands that we see launched. I think I was looking at the data the other day. It's probably one in four, maybe one in three uh, brands that come to us when they're launching a new business, have a, a subscription component to their, to their property, to their product and whatever they're selling. I think that, um, the future, if you look at it from a brand perspective, I like to step back and say, okay, hey, what are what are brands doing right now, or historically, what have they done? So brands, you know, have historically sold through physical retail; they've sold through third-party aggregators like Amazon or Walmart or you know, lots of other channels, let's call them. Uh, and I think the trend, for what we see, is owning. It's to me, it's the difference between being a renter like on on Amazon or being an owner, whether it's on Shopify, whatever platform you're building on, you've got your own real estate. You own that customer relationship. If you have a subscription component to it, you can manage that. You can allow just so many different options and customization from the the customer standpoint. And then I think it's um, in terms of trends. So there's the owner renter is the big movement. And then I think it's from a brand perspective, it's sort of like thinking it from a vertical integration perspective. So you know you want to be an owner, but you want to be in multiple places. So it's okay to sell and be a renter on other platforms. You can, it's okay to do physical retail. So it's thinking through like, okay, if I have a point of sale system, I need it to feed into my e-com platform and eventually I'm going to grow into an ERP and I need to understand and control my fulfillment process. And it's thinking through that entire like stack and how can I, as a brand, make that as sort of seamless and efficient as possible so that I can connect with my customers wherever they're at? I think the pitfalls uh, in, in terms of what can go wrong from a brand perspective is not understanding the technology, not not having the right partner to help navigate uh, some of those challenges, and then really just not offering a product or connecting with your customer because you just you, you've missed a lot of the you've hit a lot of the bumps in the road you don't understand the, the technology.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's like this almost this concept of parroting where a D2C brand will see another D2C brand, maybe a competitor doing something like a loyalty program or a like a referral system and try to parrot it, but they don't inject any of their own brand into that system and it just kind of right. falls flat or it just feels almost fake. Yep. No, absolutely. That's a, uh, yeah, you're right. Cause that's a lot of
0: it is these brands. I mean, they look like if they're doing five to 10 million and they see a competitor doing 50 to a hundred and they're like, what are the platforms? What are the systems that brands using? Let's try that ourselves. And you know, in some cases that may may be okay, but in many cases that, Hey, they've got to kind of find their own way and create their own brand and their own unique, um, selling their unique customer, um,
1: experience. Yeah, for sure. Now, Final question. uh, What's something B-Town Web has been up to that you want to brag on or talk about for a little bit?
0: I think that um, for us, we're kind of going through our own change where we've historically been very development centric. And that's what's helped us grow to the size. We're at 11 people. And we've really connected with a lot of brands because we understand development on the e-com side of things. And it's really helped us grow. But what we're realizing is that we want to be a little more holistic because the reason these companies are doing development, it's 99 times out of 100. It's in support of some sort of like growth initiative. I mean, they're obviously, it's like creating landing pages, setting up reviews, connecting Google Merchant Center, creating wholesale functionality on their store. All these things are done with the pretty much the sole purpose of growing, growing revenue. And so what we're realizing is that there's a bit of lost opportunity for us to not have some of the growth, uh, initiatives and sort of uh, focus built into our services. And so we're going to be adding, um, some more, uh, talent there so that we can help out our brands and really deliver more value than just outside the development and design space.
1: That's awesome. Sounds like you guys have a, uh, a really nice picture of growth playing for the next couple months.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. We're growing quickly, and yeah, it's been a it's been a great ride so far.
1: Awesome! Thanks for joining me today, Chad. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy. Talk it. soon. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe. Also, if you'd like to talk to Engine about our agency partner program, then visit enginecommerce slash agency.